ஆப்பிள் and you can ride it like a normal cycle so that is one of the products that we currently make then at waters we also do a lot of development work for electric two wheelers and three wheelers so we have products in the pipeline for uh, deliveries as well as for uh, commute by three wheelers do you mean like auto rickshaws and stuff like that yes Uh, a bit of auto rickshaws and then we have some products for the delivery uh, it's not the size of an auto rickshaw but it serves the purpose of deliveries that sounds really interesting do you pl- ever plan to make cars uh we did plan to make cars in our initial days we still have plans to make cars in the future but uh, building cars requires a lot of capital which we are building up at this point. Yeah, that would be really nice. I've never ridden an electric bike. You should try one. Yeah, in Singapore it's really hard to get one though. More about that later. And like but I've only ridden in electric cars, not even fully electric ones, just hybrids. Actually, I've read I mm-hmm. I've done one fully electric car, the Tata, Which one was it? The Tata Nexon. Okay. Mhm. That's one of the best cars currently in India. Yeah, it was a sport edition. So when when my relative put it on sport mode and put his foot on the accelerator, my head was stuck to the chair. <laughs> yeah, that's because electric uh, cars normally have a lot of torque. So uh, when you push the throttle, all that torque. from the batteries to the motors goes and gives you that kind of a push that you get even very similar to how you get it on uh, aircrafts right when you take off yeah so that's torque it's the same across almost all electric vehicles the initial torque that you get on any electric vehicle is higher than uh, the comparable ic engine vehicle what is the process of designing an electric bike is it like like designing a normal bicycle and just adding like a few wires and batteries on or is it completely different so there are two ways to do this one is the way that you just mentioned that you have a net cycle and then you can put in a battery and wires and the motor but 
those are not built to purpose because uh, like i just said the torque requirement or the torque that an electric motor gives is a lot higher than the torque that you would uh, generate with your pedaling so you need to actually build a vehicle or design a vehicle that can sustain that kind of torque so that is you basically start off with the cad design uh, then you do your fea analysis or a finite element element analysis where you test all of these stresses on the frame on the members and then build it based on what requirements you have so it you can do it in this way but it is advisable to you know build it from scratch wow so that means it's much more complicated can you take me through the design process the design process basically starts off with a sketch uh we basically start with benchmarking all our competitors to start with and then we sketch the design idea that we want to build once we have a sketch we then translate that into a cad software or a computer aided design software where we build the frame the bodywork we integrate the controllers the converters the motors the power delivery system uh, all your handlebars seats electronics everything is built into a computer aided design software once the design is complete we then uh, do a finite element analysis or fea as we call it to check if all the stresses and strains on the frame uh, according to real world conditions and uh, make sure that the frame performs as per our requirement once we are uh, okay with the fea results we then go into prototyping where we start building the frame to start with then we start integrating all our electronics onto the frame we put the bodywork on then we go into testing the real world testing will give us a correlation between what tests we did on fea versus what tests we did on the real world if the tests match up then we go ahead and get into a pre production model where we build about 10 to 15 vehicles uh, just to check the repeatability and the assembly and then we go into production so that's basically the whole process of how we build electric two wheelers currently oh uh, that sounds really nice do you, so yeah. do you only build like electric bicycles or also electric scooters like those ones where you use your leg to propel ah uh, no we don't build those scooters yet uh, we're talking about the kick scooters i'm assuming yeah like those ones where you stand on it and you use your right i have don't build them <laughs> i find them really unsafe <laughs> so i we basically skip building those so what i think is the wheels are too small and for indian road conditions with the potholes that we have it's not safe at all to ride it in singapore too in singapore like all the roads are really neat and like the mm-hmm. sidewalks are really flat so it doesn't matter <laughs> but in india it's not the case yeah and our market is predominantly india so we try and build products for india yeah cuz i have one of those like i said <laughs> you should put on a helmet and all the guards when you ride it just to be safe yeah i also have one of those mountain bikes mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you make electric mountain bikes right we do yes we have two models in uh, 
electric cycles which are mountain bikes one is a uh, a normal mountain bike with the front suspension and then we have a fat bike with a wider tire which can go off road and work on snow and sand wow so we have two more wow that sounds really cool cycling on snow yeah so there are uh, companies who are building uh, more than just cycles for the snow and uh, there are companies who are building electric snowmobiles as well today that's cool can you explain to me how an electric bike works okay so an electric bike basically works on the principle of battery power so you have a battery power which is basically your accumulator where all the energy is stored and you have a motor which basically propels you forward so the power from the battery to the motor is controlled by something called a controller or a vehicle control unit so whenever you give an input on your throttle or on your pedal it is to the controller and the controller then decides how much power to pull from the battery to give it to the motor so this is the basic concept of how a electric vehicle or an electric bike works wow i i i did not like that i thought it was like like example my phone where i plug it in and it just stores power mm-hmm. i didn't know so it is the same it is very similar to how a phone runs but uh, you can plug in the electric bike to your normal wall socket and charge the battery but that's the battery uh, once the battery is completely charged that is when it is uh, powering your motor but to power the motor there are uh, there is a controller in between which basically takes your input so just like your touch screen right where you give the phone an input to perform tasks the same concept is followed by uh, electric bike so you have to give it an input and then the battery is uh, the controller basically pushes your battery to give power to the motor imagine if you are just cycling in the middle of nowhere and you and you suddenly realize oh my bike stopped working <laughs> yeah then you can pedal it out yeah so you don't have battery power anymore but you do have your legs to pedal out of your situation so use yeah. your feet to move forward so that's the that's the fun of having electric cycles right even if your uh, your battery is completely depleted you still can pedal out of your situation or at least to reach to a point where you can charge your battery again and you'll not have to push it <laughs> for me it's really surprising i i thought that charging the battery once i learned from you just now would be like those teslas where you need a special mm-hmm. socket in a big garage with the, with lots mm-hmm. of power i didn't know you could just plug it into any socket yeah so electric uh, bicycles have a very small battery pack as compared to a electric car so you don't need so much power from the grid per se so you can just plug it like a normal laptop to any wall socket and you can charge the battery up it takes a while to charge it about 3 to 4 hours but uh, you're good to go for about 30 kilometers on it wow that's a lot that's like how much time it takes to charge my remote control batteries <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to that 
Yeah, but the only thing is my remote control cars can't go for 30 kilometers. Yeah, because the batteries are smaller. Yeah. I've read about a lot of fire accidents that take place with electric bikes and scooters. Why do they happen and what are the measures to avoid such accidents? So, uh, fires happen for a mix of reasons. Uh, I cannot pinpoint on one particular reason for why fire hazards happen on electric electric bikes in general. Uh, But from what we know, there are three things that I can talk to you about why fires happen. One is not maintaining your battery properly. So uh, we recommend all our customers to, uh, when they use the cycle or when they use the battery, to let it cool down for about half an hour before you put it on charge. Because batteries are highly combustible. So when you use it, just give it a rest for about five, uh, half an hour and uh, then put it on charge. The same thing when you want to use the battery once it is completely charged, just leave it for half an hour to just let it settle and then use it. So basically what that does is, so batteries have uh, chemicals inside them. They have a cathode and they have an anode. I'll not get into technical details, but uh, since there is a chemical reaction which is happening inside battery packs, it is always advisable to you know maintain it properly. The other reason could be uh, using uh, cheaper cells that are currently in a lot of markets. These cheaper cells are not built uh, according to electric vehicle requirements. These can be used for other uh, battery purposes like your power banks. But for electric vehicle requirements, you need batteries which perform to a very high capacity. So that could be another reason. The third reason that I can see is uh, how you build the battery pack itself. So a battery pack is built with a number of cells put together in series and parallel. And you have a, a battery management system that you use to basically uh, control the charge and discharge for the batteries. So if you don't build your battery pack properly, it can result in uh, fires that you currently see, which have reduced a lot because of the new regulations coming in into India. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think are the three major reasons. Not having good maintenance, not using good cells, and not making the pack properly. Wow. In Singapore, it happens like while charging, suddenly there's like a spark and then it like mm-hmm. explodes. Mm-hmm. That could be because of, like I said, not maintaining the battery properly. So if you use your vehicle and you put it on charge directly, it might not uh, be the best idea. Is it okay to drive electric bikes in the rain? Like, could the, could that be a reason? No. So uh, water does not affect uh, battery packs as much. Even if you do drive in the rain, most of these battery packs are water resistant, if not waterproof completely. So that is not one of the reasons that uh, would, you know, get a fire out of a battery pack. Okay, because I I know like in some cases, if water gets into an electrical component, it can spark and there could be some really really it could be really bad 
it could be but uh, these components really don't spark and don't combust with water per se mm-hmm. because you need a lot of water going inside the battery pack for that to happen but these battery packs are normally built uh, to withstand water or resist water from ingress into the components so i don't really think water is one of the major reasons okay so now that means if i buy an electric bike and i do my <coughs> my normal week and heavy rain riding with my father it should be safe it should be but i would not recommend you to ride it in heavy rain on normal rains or just drizzling is fine so it is an electronic vehicle at the end of the day so just keep yourself safe when you are riding it mm-hmm. what are the safety measures that people who ride electric bikes need to keep in mind do people require a license to ride them because in singapore you do like they like i think a few months ago there was this big debate whether you need a number plate and a license and a driver's license to ride a bike or not and i think you need a driver license and i'm mm-hmm. i don't think i'm old enough to get one <laughs> okay so there are uh, two segments of electric vehicles in india i'm not sure about the regulations in uh, singapore but in india you have two segments one is a low speed segment and one is a high speed segment in the low series low speed segment you basically have uh, electric vehicles that cannot go over 25 kilometers per hour with a motor power of not more than 250 watts continuous and in the high speed segment you can go with whatever motor capacity you want and your top speed is again not limited so in india in the low speed segment you do not need a license or a registration to ride these vehicles the high speed segment you obviously still need your license and registration to ride the vehicles what we currently build are all low speed vehicles so these don't exceed 25 kilometers per hour and do not have a motor capacity of more than 250 uh, watts continuous but we are building vehicles in the high speed segment as well so for those you would still need uh, license and registration so you are safer in india than in singapore so Yeah. I think 25 kilometers per hour is a lot for a bicycle. It is. Yes, it is enough for a bicycle. Anything yeah. over that is a bit too fast for a cycle. Yeah. Imagine if you're going like at 50 kilometers per hour and you need to suddenly brake, you would flip over. <laughs> you wouldn't flip over. You wouldn't even brake because cycle brakes are not built to withstand 50 kilometers per hour. so you if you're on the road you might just crash into something else yeah and then might. flip yeah that's what i meant cuz i live on top of a hill and when mm-hmm. i'm cycling down i need to mm-hmm. keep on holding on to the brakes cuz if i don't i'll go <laughs> yeah so it's very similar to uh, india as well so if you are going too fast you won't be able to break <laughs> especially in the rain here like once i was also going down a ramp in my bike with my dad and then i there was a turning so i braked 
And mm-hmm. while braking, I did a drift, but instead of drifting mm-hmm. into the corner, I drifted mm-hmm. into the wall. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I braked before I could hit the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope you wear your helmet and your guards when you're out. I do. Good. You should. And my back was completely muddy because we had just been on, we had just been on the, like a really muddy patch. <laughs> that must have been fun at one point. Yeah, it was. Not so much fun for your parents, I'm assuming. My dad actually liked it. My mom didn't come. She had some work. <laughs> Would the battery pack get damaged if you ride in the mud and mud splashes on it? No, so these uh, battery packs have enclosures, which are basically uh, water resistant and do not allow any uh, outside particles to come into it. So even if you're riding it in the mud, in the sand, if you're riding it uh, on trails, you'll not have a problem. You just need to wipe off uh, the pack once you're done riding it. So these enclosures are either plastic or metal. So you don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I wish Singapore didn't need you to have a driver's license. It would be so fun driving an electric bike. <laughs> Let me check the regulations. I'm not sure if Singapore does not allow all electric vehicles. Or let me check the regulations still. I think yeah, but that's what I heard in the newspaper. Just I think mid, like early 2022. So if only mm-hmm. I had bought a or I had a chance to ride a bike before 2022, then that would have been mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. But let me check with the regulations because I think electric cycles are still allowed to be ridden without licenses across many cities in the world. So let no. me still check Singapore. No. Because, because I am pretty sure in Croatia, in uh, in Europe, in the US, you are allowed to ride these cycles without any license or registration. But yeah. Singapore, I have not explored yet. Like all the food delivery people, they use electric bikes. You mm-hmm. always see a regi- registration. <coughs> okay. And I've pretty much been to every corner of Singapore. And I haven't mm-hmm. seen any person my age ride an electric bike. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. You will grow up eventually. Yeah, I will. I will. When I have a driver's license, I think the first thing that Singapore would call a vehicle, mm-hmm. which you need a driver's license for, an electric mm-hmm. bike. That's what I'm going to get. <laughs> Good. You should. I've always wanted to ride one. Mm-hmm. How far off are you in Very terms of age? And then I think you need to be 16, so I guess six more years. Six more years, not too far away. Yeah. You studied automotive and motorsports engineering. What are the possible mm-hmm. career paths after completing a course like that? Uh, so you it depends on your interest. So you can get into design, uh, you can get into motorsports. In automotive and motorsport engineering, there are a number of uh, sub subjects that you can get into. You can get into uh, maybe thermodynamics, fluid mechanics. You can get into 
motorsports like formula 1 that's just popped up behind you uh so you can get into teams like formula 1 or formula e or uh, you can get into moto gp where again there are multiple teams like design strategy operations so there are multiple paths depending on what your interest lies in yeah i think if i ever do that course i'll choose either the design for a motorsports mm-hmm. team or mm-hmm. the driver for a motorsports team so for being a driver you don't need a engineering degree yeah but, but yeah, for design, I, do, you know, i think i do the design <laughs> yeah design is a good subject it uh, so basically you will be helping the drivers of your car uh, win championships at that point so it all depends on how the vehicle is designed at the end of the day it's if your design is good and you are performing then your driver can perform if your design is not good and your vehicle does not perform your driver cannot do anything about it so engineering is always the backbone of any major industry yeah and seeing this netflix documentary about f1 called drive to survive and yeah i was just watching that yeah and in that in the 2022 season since there were new regulations there was mm-hmm. lots of porpoising which is basically like bouncing right and right. like uh there must be something wrong with the with the design of the car right so poisoning poisoning is basically an aerodynamic effect so if uh it's basically your car hitting the ground and going back up from the rear because the aerodynamic drag that a car creates is a lot higher than they anticipated and mercedes couldn't really you know uh get rid of the poisoning the whole season last season yeah. do you follow formula 1 by any chance yeah i do i am a crazy fan me too <laughs> yeah cuz the car looked a bit too fast mm-hmm. it's not about being fast it's just the aerodynamics so how the air flows through the vehicle and on top of the vehicle it's all based on that yeah and they also practically had zero side pods yeah so that is a very interesting concept that they had uh and they're still running it this year as well if you followed the practice sessions yeah. of uh, the pre-season tests that just finished yesterday so that is a very unique concept let's see how they fare this year yep i think the the, the teams would have gotten used to the porpoising and fixed it Yeah I think all of the teams this year from pre-season testing that I saw uh, they have fixed their proposing issues. Yeah. Anyway back to the interview. <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah. What made you decide to start an automotive company? Uh so I think as long as I can remember even when I was in school I always wanted to you know do something in uh, the automotive sector so I used to build like these uh, toothpaste box cars and stuff remote controlled cars and a lot of you know tinkering around with motors putting wheels on them and building something or the other so I think I've always 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 had a peak interest in uh, this sector 
So that's where my education background also came into play. So I wanted to do only automotive engineering when I was uh, scouting colleges. And then I wanted to do automotive again in my master's as well. So I think it is the interest that I have had since a very early age. And uh, once I had the opportunity to build products on my own, I think I jumped to it. Yeah, you said you used to build toothpaste, toothpaste box cars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I build Lego cars. <laughs> right. We had, you're still very young. So when I was, uh, I think, a little older than you were, Legos were still very new to India. Yeah, like I have the uh, Porsche 911, a uh, Ferrari 488. Mm-hmm. And the uh, McLaren um, MCL36. Oh, nice. So you built all of these on out of Legos? Yep. I mean, nice. obviously with the manuals. I'm not that skilled. <laughs> oh, that's fine. But I as did, long as you're building them. But I did build a vintage fire engine out of Lego without a manual. Oh, good. So you have interest in the automotive sector. Yeah, I do. I also like planes. Like right next to me, I always keep a Boeing seven four seven. Nice. I see your T-shirt also says Boeing on it, but yeah, it does. <laughs> good, good. What do you think is the future of electric vehicles? Do you think that eventually everything <coughs> will be electric, like from from the smallest RC cars, which already are electric, to big mm-hmm. jumbo jets? Uh, that is the aim. I believe electric uh, mobility will take over from all the gas-guzzling vehicles that are currently on the road. And oil is limited, right? So someday or the other, oil will not be available anymore. So you need to have a look at what alternatives you have. And I think at this point of time, uh, battery-powered electric vehicles are the way to go. Then even in batteries, we have a lot of uh, advancements happening almost on a daily basis. You have a lot of chemistries that are coming in uh, from lithium ion to sodium to graphene to titanate. So there are a lot of chemistries that people are working on to make batteries more safer more power dense uh, then you have the other side of uh, vehicles electric vehicles with hydrogen fuel cell vehicles which is again a very interesting subject uh, or a very interesting side of electric vehicles so eventually yes all vehicles and all transport will turn electric at some point and you see that pivot happening at this point as well and uh, oil is just here for a number of years more. So you will see all planes, trains, ships turn electric in the future. Yeah. Like the first cars were electric, right? Yes, they were. They were like powered Not... by steam or something, right? Yes, they were steam engine vehicles. There still are a few steam engine locomotives that you have. Uh, in some cities. Uh, then there were electric vehicles that were built years ago. Ford was one of the first ones to build electric vehicles or an electric uh, car. And uh, then 
in the late 2000s i think there was another uh, ford which had come out electric but i think those were a bit ahead of their time at that time and uh, now it's getting a lot more traction yeah because yeah you're right even eventually places like saudi arabia who lit- mm-hmm. who's literally um, their entire economy is oil will run out mm-hmm. of oil yes so oil is a very limited resource that we have so is uh, lithium for example that we currently use uh, to make uh, cells for our battery packs but uh, lithium is to a degree recyclable uh, but oil is not so what are your hobbies cooking one of them oh, i love to cook <laughs> i love to cook uh, that is one of my favorite go tos when i've had a bad day or when i've had a good day so cooking is one i follow formula 1 like i just said uh, formula 1 is one thing that i follow religiously for both tech as well as the racing so these are two of my major hobbies i like to travel sometimes i don't get a chance much nowadays but i do like to travel as well Yeah, traveling is fun, and so is F one. Yeah, you should I, try I, learning cooking also. Yeah, I do sometimes make sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. The reasons I watch F one is a the sound, b mm-hmm. when people crash. It I don't like it when people <laughs> crash, but it mm-hmm. just. You you get a chance to be like, oh, what's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, that are some of the side effects of having a very fast car car go around tracks, right? Yeah, especially street circuits like Monaco. Monaco, Singapore. Baku is another one. Singapore is another. So, yeah, Singapore is not a street circuit though. It is like half a street circuit. Yeah. like right. like right. the there's only apartment in starting like <coughs> the rest is all mm-hmm. like i travel mm-hmm. to streets every week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah nice so but did you see what happened in silverstone last year yes the crash the alpha tori right alpha romeo yeah alpha romeo yeah alpha romeo both the teams are a bit confusing but yeah i think joe ganzu Yeah, his rookie season with Russell. Yeah, with Russell. That was a that was a scary crash. But have you seen the crash uh, Roman Grosjean had the year before that? Which one? Roman Grosjean uh, yeah. for the Haas F1 team. 20. He had a pretty scary crash. Yeah, And that was one of the worst crashes in recent times. The worst was Senna. <laughs> Senna, yes, that. Uh, that was another decade but the vehicles have become a lot more safer now the as halo. compared to yeah the halo the side pod structures the crashes that they go through it's now a bit more safer a lot more safer per se because if you look at the past and if you look at today if uh, the halo wouldn't have been there we wouldn't have roman roman grosjean still with us or uh, joe guanzu as well or lewis hamilton 
Right. Or Lewis Hamilton when yeah. the Max Verstappen, yeah. Yeah. When they were battling for the championship that year, yes. Yeah, anyway, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I really enjoyed talking to you. I learned so much. Likewise, Vidhan. I had a lot of fun doing this interview. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Be safe. Always wear a helmet. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Chalo. Bye. Bye. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedant, to get notifications about future episodes. Subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant. And don't forget to rate and leave comments.